grace, peace, and mercy be multiplied unto you all from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The test taken for today is the gospel lesson, the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 24, 13 to 35. But it was beautifully read by our pastor, so there's no need to repeat. So congregation, please be seated. Brothers and sisters, what a mess. Really mess. The whole world is in a mess. Terrible mess. When I was coming from Ghana, about a couple of days ago, you know, they were talking about the Christianity in Europe. And someone carried out a survey. And when the survey was done, it was a terrible result. Because in the past, Europe has been called, what, God's continent, a Christian continent, the whole of Europe. Because they send missionaries everywhere. So it used to be God's continent. And they called themselves people of God. And it was 100%. And when the survey was carried out, you know the result? It was not 90%. It was not 80%. It was not 70%. You know what it was? 5%. 5%, what a mess. You know, most of the churches now in Europe, you know what they have done to them? They turn all of them into movie theaters. Movie theaters, a shame. What a mess. Brothers and sisters, the question I ask is this. Why all this mess? There are many factors. But you know, if we don't have enough time, so we not, can't continue and, and narrate all the factors. But the bottom line is not that the people are pagans. I mean, they don't call themselves pagans. And they don't call themselves unbelievers. The bottom line is this is a simple thing. Disbelief. They disbelieve. They don't know that Christ is the true God. You know where their God is? Their God is the stomach. So they don't know, they don't understand Christ as the living God, the Savior, the Savior of the world. And so Europe is sinking and sinking very, very fast. It's a mess. And this idea of disbelief was the problem that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. This they believed. They thought they had their own God ancestors and Abraham and the rest, and then, and then the law of Moses and the rest. But they did not understand and believe that Jesus Christ is true God, God the Father and God the Son. He is the true God, God, God man, and at the same time, God himself, man God. They didn't understand that. They did not believe that he is the savior. They did not. Even though they thought they knew God, they didn't know God. Disbelief, brothers and sisters. And as a result of that, 
it had a very serious effect on their teaching. And that's why they based almost everything on the law. Disbelieving can be very, very, very dangerous. And very, very serious. It happened also to the disciples, you remember? Thomas, for example. When they told them that Jesus Christ has risen, you know what he said? <laughs> he said, you people, you may be crazy. Are you crazy? How can somebody die and can be raised again? What are you talking about? I will not believe it until I see him and I can touch him. This is not disbelief. He was with God. They were moving with Jesus Christ. They did everything. And all the things that Jesus Christ told them, they did not believe it. So also with the disciples. As soon as he died, they went and locked themselves in, in locked doors with heavy locks that could not be broken by the soldiers. Because they did not believe and they did not know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus Christ could perform miracles and wonders. They did that. Brothers and sisters, I don't want to take you too far, but let's get into our test today. The two disciples on Amos. They were working with Jesus. He was talking with them. They looked at him, and yet they did not know that he was Jesus. They did not believe that he was the risen Lord. And they were arguing them among themselves. And one, one he asked them, what are you talking about? One of them said, it was so funny. Are you a stranger here? Don't you know what is going on? <laughs> they didn't know whom they were talking to. <laughs> are you a stranger? Brothers and sisters, it is just pure di disbelief and they were not able to recognize Jesus Christ as a savior, as the living God. They couldn't. You know, don't we Christians also have similar problems that sometimes we don't believe that we are with Jesus or Jesus is walking with us? Don't we sometimes feel that we don't we doubt sometimes? Don't we feel that, well, is it true that actually he's risen? Is it true that he's true God and true man? Is it true that really he can take care of our problems? Many Christians sometimes have this idea of disbelief. They get confused. Or because they say they belong to a church, they are Christians. He just like, that they would say that, well, my mother was a, a Methodist, therefore I'm a Christian. My father was a Lutheran, therefore I'm a Christian. Without even going to church, without knowing Jesus Christ as his personal savior. It's just like somebody is saying, I was born in a garage and therefore I'm a car. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that because you were born in a garage, you are a car. It doesn't mean that because you go to the church, you are a Christian. It means your own personal commitment, knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior and the Lord, God, man, the living God. That is the key. But many a times, people do not know. And as a result of that, when they are in trouble, you know, they run away to friends to take care of their problems for them, especially marriage problems. When they have marriage problems, they will not even see pastor. 
They won't come to church and pray and ask God to give them direction. You know what they go to? They go to court. <laughs> what are you talking about? A Christian? It's the belief. The bottom line is this belief. Brothers and sisters, because they feel that God is not big enough to take care of their problems. That's the answer. They think he's not big enough to take care of their problems and their difficulties, their trials, and they doubt and they live in fear. The same thing happened to the disciples on the road when they were working. But you know what happens? Jesus Christ knows all this because he is the living God. He is my God. He knows all. So he walked with them and as he walks with us today, he walks with us and you know what he does? He opens the scripture so that you and I will be able to understand that really he is the living Jesus. He comes in and he opens the scripture so that he, he, he will know him. He gives us the knowledge, the wisdom. He pours his Holy Spirit upon us so that we will know that he is the Savior, the Savior of the world. He comes in and he shows us that he is bigger than all other gods. Because the God that we worship, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that we worship, is big enough to take care of all our problems for all occasions and for all seasons. He is big. I am telling you, our God is so big. And because all other gods, what are they? They are dead in the ground, the hole in the ground. But our living God, three days he rose and he is living with us. He is with you today. He is working with you. He holds your hands and he walks with you from your house to here. And he will continue to walk with you. Whenever you have problems or difficulties, he comes and he holds you and he encourages you and he supports you. And he says, you are my friend. He said, I'm not going to leave you. Because he is the living God, the risen God, our Savior who has come. He walks with us all the time. Every day he walks with us. As he was walking with the two disciples, he also walks with us every day. He knows our problems. He knows that even our comings and our going. So this morning when we were coming, he was with us. And he is here with us. And he remember, he took the two disciples into the house. And what, he did, what did he do? The breaking of bread. He has brought us here this morning to break the bread of us. The Lord's Supper. That's what he is doing. He walked as he held our hands and brought us here to open and break the bread for you and me. What a wonderful Jesus we have. He is a living God. He is bigger than any other God in the world. He is bigger than any other God. The God that we have is so good, so perfect. And you know, he is not a God that you go and he will tell you, go away. When you go there with your problems, he gives you the spirit to repent of your sins. And he sees it and he says, I love you. Come to me. We have a, such a wonderful God. You know, our God is so touchable. Our God is so accessible. And our God is so approachable. 
You can approach him at any time, even 4 a.m. When you are sleeping and you are having a problem and you approach him, he's ever ready to welcome you. You don't need to run to court. You don't need to run to friends. You don't need to go anywhere because he is walking with you every day. He walks with you to schools. He walks with you to the church. He walks with you to marketplaces. He walks with you to supermarkets. He walks with you to hospitals. And he provides and he protects you. What a wonderful Jesus we have. He is my Jesus. And I know he is your Jesus. We have a living Jesus. He walks all the time and protects us. And I want you to know that this morning, he brought us here, he walked with us, and after the service, he, walked, he will walk us nicely to our homes, and finally, you know what he will do? He will hold our hands and walk with us into the place that he has prepared for you and me, the everlasting kingdom. Go home in peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of God which passes our understanding, keep your hearts and mind through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.